Bring all of Oklahoma, 405-703-3843. This is, uh, it's been like a, t- I mean, I'm not even, I don't know how this happened today. Maybe it's the mixture of a conversation about Sark, the future of Oklahoma football, which again, I'm just, I don't think this is breaking news, but we're probably going to have a little bit of OU football talk every single day here on the show. It's just the reality of it. What we do. It's what we do. Uh, hoops tonight. Some people frustrated about the LNC. Uh, I know that it's a good day whenever uh, KJ sends me a text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line that actually gives a tip of the cat to my buddy in Tulsa, Mike Harris. Did you see this tweet <laughs> that he had sent out? I guess I, I guess that friend – Mike, by the way, at the Mike Harris, like him a lot. Diehard Oklahoma State fan. Don't don't let him suck you in too much because he'll crush you, Sooner fans. Breaking, Oklahoma State announces immediate affiliation with Oklahoma Eight-Man Football Association. Cowboys to host Velma Alba at Boone Pickens Stadium to open the 2023 non-conference season. Well done, Mike. Well done. Yeah, it is looking a little bit dicey in Stillwater. In fact, let's, let's start the Firehouse Top 5. St- oh, my goodness. The Newcastle Casino Top 5 Stories of the Day with it right, right now. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. I gotta say, kudos to Firehouse Subs because for some reason their their sponsorship of this for the better part of three years and then not doing it for a year is still stuck in my mind. What's up, Jim Costello? Hope you're well. Goodness. See, Jim, if you wouldn't have retired. Yeah, we wouldn't have any of these. I wouldn't have these issues with my brain. Newcastle Casino, best reels in the Metro. Happy hour Monday through Friday from 3 to 6, conveniently located off I-44, exit 107. We're actually going to be there Tuesday for the show. So come by, burn a few heaters, say hi. It'll be a good time. So I am um, curious just to kind of get a true feel of what's going on at Oklahoma State right now. Now, we had, the, we had the numbers that we talked about a little bit earlier in the show, and the percentages are concerning. Now, I, I, Travis tweeted this. Is Travis, Travis is on with Teddy today, right, from 2 to 5? Yeah, and I think that's going to be the case uh, the rest of the week. Oh, there we go. Where, is Tyler on vacation? He is. Look at Tyler McComas. Good on you. Yeah, he, he deserves it, man. But, you know, it, it's not about the number of players that are in the portal. It's about the... Um, number of production. players that are, yeah, impact guys. And I think in two guys that entered this morning for Oklahoma State, in John Paul Richardson and Bryson Green, those are impact guys. Robert Barons, who covers Texas A&M, tweeted this morning that of the 2022 rushing slash receiving yards lost in the portal, uh, Oklahoma State has lost 42% of what would be 42.5%, including their starting quarterback. And of the tackles lost, they've lo- lost 242 percent of the tackles into the portal not to the NFL not to graduation and, and walking away from the game Josh to to the portal yeah is Oklahoma State going to be the worst team in the Big 12 next year now again I feel like they've done a decent job in the portal and bringing guys in but is is it enough I, I don't know Heartland College just posted good aggregators like the dudes over at Heartland College but they they literally just sent out a a tweet that said is something going on at Oklahoma State. You know, you're not talking about 
in Bryson Green some scrub. You know, that's the second leading receiver for Oklahoma State. Five touchdowns last year. Um, you're talking about in John Paul Richardson, a guy that was in a lot of ways your Hunter Renfro. Some people had really dug what Stephon Johnson could potentially do. He played in 10 games, uh, had almost 300 yards receiving and a touchdown. So, again, is there more to this? Is something going on? Is there an, an underlying theme? I don't know, but it bears it bears at the very least a conversation because issues like this, you don't see them arriving and in, in coming to the surface a week after the season's over. You know, usually it's pretty immediate, right, where you see three or four guys hit the portal when there's not a major coaching change that's taken place. And there isn't one that we know of at Oklahoma State for now. So wild morning in the portal for Oklahoma State to worry about my count. They've had four guys that have that have jumped in the portal, two of which were major difference makers over the last 24 hours. I don't know what more to say about it except what's up? What's going on down there? Meanwhile, Josh, it's uh, two hours and eight minutes into the show and we haven't hit on a major story that broke yesterday, uh, yesterday, but literally as soon as it broke, everyone kind of started to minimize it a bit. The NCAA's Transformation Committee recommended expanding championship fields and tournaments, and one of them was very interesting because in the 40-page report that was released on Tuesday, the report, by the way, will go to the Board of Directors and they'll have consideration for the NCAA convention. The NCAA should consider expanding championship brackets to accommodate access for 25% of participating teams in the sport. So in other words, by by that math, you would have to expand by about 20 teams in the NCAA tournament, which would take you from 68 to what almost almost 90 total teams to reach that 25% mark 90 teams in the NCAA tournament yeah it'd be 90.75 teams ooh so you're saying there's a chance for the alma mater to get in uh it's not an official change and the recommendation will be determined by the oversight and governance groups would that apply to football too or no Football wasn't in this conversation. It's its own beast, right? Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, that would be a 32-team playoff in there, college football. There were some student-athlete things in here. Um, it, it's pretty deep, and it's pretty good. Require all Division One schools to provide medical coverage for athletically-related injuries for a minimum of two years following graduation. Now, I, I learned about this from getting to know Sierra Romero a little bit, Sydney, uh, Sid Romero's older sister, because – you know, she tore her ACL and literally had to pay it all out of pocket, right, as soon as she had graduated school. So it would help you out for at least two years afterwards. Mm. Uh, offer athletes who are on full scholarship the ability to return to the school within 10 years of leaving to complete their degree. Didn't know that was an issue. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, and require schools to attest that they provide career counseling and life skills to athletes, including different models like mental health and things of that nature. So – yeah, interesting. Now uh, all we need is a little bit more on name, image, likeness, some transfer portal regulations, and let's go ahead and 
start sharing some of that TV contract money with the players. <laughs> and Good let's luck take, with that. Let's take fans' uh, paychecks out of it for collectives. Thank you. Big story, number four. Number four. Number four. Oh. Boy, what a night last night for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Wait for it. Wait for it. Settles in the hands of Wiggins. Open his left wing. Three-pointer is on the way. Switch. Cha-ching. Moneyball number 20 for the Thunder tonight. Uh, and and just pure utter domination from OKC. Final horn makes it official. Thunder rumble to the one fifty one seventeen route of Boston. Has he been saying that more? I kind of like that. Thunder rumble. Get it? Rumble the the mascot? No, anyone? OKC wins last night in just complete and utter dominating fashion. One fifty one seventeen. That's right. One five zero to one one seven. The Thunder, a team that is five games under 500, beat one of the top seeds without OKC having its best player. And what do we finish with, Josh? Four, five Thunder players with 20 or more points? Five with 20, seven in double figures. OKC shot 20 of 40 from three-point range. Quick turnaround for OKC tonight as they square off against the Magic in Orlando. OKC still kind of hovering around that playing game. That playing tournament. All right, big story number three. Number three. Uh, with Oklahoma basketball, and we're going to hear a little bit from coming up at the bottom of this hour from not just Todd Blackledge, but also Porter Moser. I figured we'd put them at number one. Big story number three. I thought we'd talk a little Oklahoma recruiting because it looks like today is a, a big day to try to continue to add to the Oklahoma defensive line depth as Devon Sears Jr., out of Texas State is on campus today taking his official visit. A a beast of a man after a solid season at Texas State. Six foot two, two ninety. And I think he would come in with a couple of years of eligibility left and made his way through community college, fought his way up to Texas State, and now Boy, there is a lot of teams interested in him in the transfer portal. Oklahoma, one of them. Sooners get a shot, get a crack today. And then Josh, in his super digging, found that another offensive lineman in the portal has Oklahoma on its list. That's Stanford's Walter Rouse, top prospect in the portal. Has visits lined up with Oklahoma, Iowa, and Nebraska. Kentucky could get in the mix. Has started 39 games at left tackle. So... Dipping back into that Pac-12 pool of O-linemen, right? Chris Murray came from UCLA. McCain Matara came from Cal. Robert Conjol came from Arizona. And now the potential of a Stanford ad in one Walter Rouse. You know much about him? Have you dug much on him seeing that I was on that list or no? No, just saw this come across this morning. 30-some-odd starts, though. That that opens your eyes. Oh, yeah, big At time. a place like Stanford, I mean, sure, you, you get somebody with that level of Power 5 experience. Again, I, I made the McCade-Mataglia comparison earlier. I know they play different positions along the offensive line, but somebody from out west, bunch of starts under their belt, has done it at a Power 5 level. No, it's not you know, Oklahoma or Bama or wherever, but you're going to take that kind of experience. Oklahoma, we saw, I think, some encouraging signs in the bowl game uh, in terms of the offensive line front going forward, but they could still and would still love a little bit of experience there. Agreed. Um, Big story 
number two. Number two. All right, so we're still trying to find more information this morning about Devon Hamlin, uh, excuse me, DeMar Hamlin and his injury. Let's see, what did I have here from last night? This was this was basically what – I don't care about the Troy Vincent stuff. Here's what his close personal friend Jordan Rooney said on Hamlin last his night. His family's remarkable. I mean, they, they are a tremendous group of people. Um, they're strong. I mean, they're, they're supportive. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're obviously they're worried. Um, DeMar's very close with his family. Deion Dawkins, who is an offensive lineman for the Buffalo Bills, talked yesterday about that moment. Where are you guys right now when talking about or even thinking about potentially a weekend game? I'm going to tell you, Kev, anything that we have to give is for DeMar and his family. You know, we understand that we have a job and that this is still what it is, but every emotion, every bit of energy that we have, we're giving it to DeMar. You know, we're giving it to his family, we're, and we're giving it to his best friends, and, and we're giving it to guys like Dane and Trey, and 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 those DBs like that are closest with him, and uh, and we're giving them all of that love because those guys need it as as well as the other rooms too. But but like all of his guys need it, his parents, his father, uh, they all need it, and that's all that we have to give, and we're giving it all to the family, and we're not worried about and nothing else. Because um, right now, like our time is the family, prayer, mm. and giving those guys the, the, the positive love and the positive spirits so they can continue to step with strength. Yeah, again, his uncle has spoke quite a bit. We, we have learned about, you know, his as we just played his marketing guy. Unfortunately, we don't have a lot of updates. There was his family that said, you know, vitals are looking better. Have I think the phrasing was returned to normal. Yeah. Though he was still in critical condition. That was the n- night of into the first morning. Right. Um, but as it stands right now, we're just we're waiting on hopefully some of the best news possible. Oxygen and, levels, they say, have improved was one of the more recent reports we got this morning. Man, there's still some... There's still some scary things. Well, critical condition. Right? Anytime you hear that, and then learning that he had lost, they'd lost him. You know, he he had stopped breathing, lost his heartbeat a second time when they yeah. got to the hospital. Right, had to resuscitate him twice is <sighs> pretty scary. And I guess there's some lung damage concerns. I don't. Again, this is a situation I don't want to speculate. Right, just right. Re- reporting back to you what we've read from others that have reported. All right, to big story number. Two, right? Are we at number two right now? I think so. Number no, no. two. No, 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 no. I'm a moron. It is a uh, big story. Number one. I'm, I'm an idiot. <laughs> number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. By the way, this is a uh, this is a significant anniversary in the history of the Plank Show because really, yeah, I didn't even realize this. Uh, it was seven years ago today when you started. Yeah, I just saw this from Connor Pasby's note. Oklahoma played Kansas. What well, we started, we've been doing it together since day one. Um, on that three, Correct. that triple overtime game, I'm about ninety nine percent sure that was our one of our first shows. Really? Because wasn't that Monday night? Wasn't that a Monday night game? Yeah, number one versus number one. So it was a weird 
weird way that yeah. that game in the rankings shook out. Literally, our first show was the day leading up to it, and then our second show that next day was when Dennis Dodd called. Right, He's like, got to talk about this game. I was like, this is going to be easy. Guys are just calling into the show. I think Fran actually called uh, later in the season. That's awesome. Yeah, so yeah, that's seven crazy. years, bro. How about and, and that? I don't celebrate birthdays and anniversaries. You know, I know that game wasn't played there, but we've been fi- fighting about the Lloyd Noble Center ever since. That's right, <laughs> which gets us to big story number one. Oklahoma at home tonight against Iowa State. Uh, let's get a timeout and hear from the great Porter Moser when we come back. Also, Ari Wasserman, noted recruiting guru for The Athletic, has thrown out his tank on Oklahoma's recruiting class. We'll share that. And Todd Blackledge coming up right around the corner right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Bringing you the physical, relentless, suffocating coverage of the Sooners you deserve, this is The Ref, the home of Sooner fans. All right, so tonight at 6 p.m., Oklahoma takes on Iowa State inside the Lloyd Noble Center. Earlier today, Toby caught up with Porter Moser. And three good questions we need to get answers on before the Iowa State game tonight. It's uh, been a couple of days since Saturday. Looking back on this Wednesday on the game against Texas overall, how did Porter feel about the way the team played? You know, obviously you, you start with just, man, like, where, where, where can we find two more points and, and, and being better? And, uh, you know, I, 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 I love these guys. They're locked in. Um, they came in. We did so many things we wanted to do defensively against Carr and Hunter. And um, I thought Timmy Allen, um, you know, their the six-year senior, that he's, you know, just physically had some key 50-50 balls, um, toughness plays in that last couple minutes to keep balls alive, to get that offensive rebound. Um, I thought he was an impact guy. But um, the, other, the other takeaway I had was, Man, I just I know it wasn't the outcome we want, but the people that were there and people around Sooner Nation, it made such a difference to have that atmosphere there. That was the best atmosphere since I've been the head coach here, and the students weren't even in town. And if we can create that more and more, I, I just can't tell you enough how much I appreciate it, and uh, hope we can continue to create that kind of atmosphere. And we'll keep trying to we'll keep working our butts off to get better. Yeah, it was a really really cool atmosphere from. Um Everything we've been able to take away from Saturday, the LNC was rocking. So, what is what has been some things that in Porter Moser's mindset that have really been areas where he sees as kind of strong points, areas where you know Oklahoma has has been good to start this season. You know, offensively, efficiency has been really good. I mean, we're one of the top. In the, in the efficiency category of just, um, you know, what we're doing offensively, spacing-wise. I think, but I still think we can get a lot better there. Um, I think defensively, um, being more connected, I think with, with newcomers sometimes, you know, it takes a minute to uh, how what we do defensively to be that connected. I think we, I thought we were very connected um, in the game. And, you know, what happened was that they just started going ISO. We really took them out of almost everything they were doing. But then they, they went to just try to space you in ISO uh, and, and guard the dribble. But I think we're, we're more connected defensively. And one more, a team that's more connected defensively. We're big on improving, Josh. We're big on getting better. Oklahoma's goal is to be what? A NCAA tournament team 
a Sweet 16 participant and a threat for the Final Four. Sure. Everyone's goal. Where does OU have to improve to be knocking on the door of reaching said goals? You know, I, I think we, we can, the consistency of, of, of being deep, you know, it's just, uh, you know, I think Tanner got in foul trouble. We played 17 minutes. We, we need Tanner more. I think Tanner's had his, some games for us. Uh, we need the best to be consistent. I, I, just, I just think in this league, it's so good. You've got to play well, and you've got to have multiple guys play well because um, there's no nights off. So I think for us, we've got to continue to um, pour into them as coaches, pour into them about what, what they're doing right, what, what they, what they, what, what, help them with what they can do better, and uplift them to, to, to play better uh, more consistently. And I think that we, we talk about, I talked to with my staff for this last couple of days. We've got to just absolutely pour into these guys to get them better. Coach Majerus used to always say, you know, I want better players in February, not better plays. And, you know, just keep working on their skills in practice, not forgetting about those, you know, 20-minute pre-practice skill sessions, getting them better. And uh, you know, it's not about coming with, at me with 30 new plays. I, I want to pour into our players and get them better. So by February, we're, we're improved individually and as we put them together as a team. Yeah, and that is – one better player is not plays. I like that a lot. That, yeah, it's a great phrase. It's a, a great saying because, look, yeah, you can try and reinvent the wheel a little bit, but there's only so many modifications, right? So many different plays that you can really run out there. You kind of are what you're going to be. And Sorry. Sorry. You are what you are going to be? Go ahead. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> and just that gradual improvement individually is going to be the most important thing collectively. Yeah. Uh, and then one more. Iowa State is coming in tonight. Porter's thoughts on what have made the Cyclones good once again. You know, they did really well in the portal. They, they, got, they got two guys that we're very familiar with at St. Bonaventure. Those uh, fourth-year seniors last year that did so well at St. Bonaventure, Ashun um, and, and Holmes, um, both those guys are fifth-year seniors, um, and they got them, and they're, they're doing terrific. Uh, really did well in the portal. Then they took two. Oh, they have two of the older guys they had that they got in the, the portal the year before, in Grill and Kouser, and they just—they're now they have four fifth and sixth fifth-year guys, and those guys are they're just really tough. You're going to see they're one of the hardest playing teams in the country. I really like their freshman point. Um, I thought they did really well. They lost Hunter and went out and recruited a kid from Ames, and kid Lipsy, he did really, really well for him. Um, off the bench, they got big Robert Jones. They call him the big energy. He's another fifth-year guy. So they got about five. They're playing about seven, eight guys, and like five of them are like fifth-year older guys, and they just play so hard. It's going to be tough. Iowa State probably a little better than even we could have thought or would have thought heading into the season. It'll be a tough one tonight at six. You want to hear the full – Interview with Porter Moser. Hit up our website, kref.com. Or, as I've started to do, simply search The Ref and however you consume podcasts. K-R-E-F or The Ref and boom. Uh, you'll find all of our pages right there. Okay, um, you want to hit a couple of these Air Comfort Solutions text? I would love to hit a couple of we've these had, Air Comfort Solutions text. We've had a hodgepodge of topics today, a virtual potpourri. That's not fitting. Uh, but a, a, a virtual cornucopia of topics that we get needed to get into today. So Somebody wanted to know about the transfer of Davin Sears, right? Yeah, exactly. Potential transfer. Davin, Davin, so am I saying Devon, it right? I don't know. It, okay. What, what do we know about him? 
So we we know sort of what some of the statistics say, right? Right. But uh, digging a little deeper, according to Pro Football Focus. Very important, and they need your help. They're cutting staff like crazy, people. Let's go. Oh, they are? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Chris Collinsworth's business model is being questioned quite a bit. Well, is that because people don't want to pay for these types of in-depth numbers? I think he's hired too many of his sons to do it, is I think what we've fallen into oh, here no. more than anything well, else. That's too bad. This is like an easy I know, right? I me. love it. I, I love really it. needed to keep going. But uh, anyways, some of uh, you know the overall defensive grade numbers, good. I don't know how much we care about that. Run defense, pass rushing grades are both good. They're high 70s. But the number that intrigued me was just the straight snap count number. For Devon Sears, uh-huh. he was fifth for Texas State uh, among defensive linemen or edge players. Huh. So all of which is to say he had 355 total snaps as compared to Bell's a defensive lineman for Texas State had 700 snaps, right? So basically had half the number of snaps Whoa. as the top guy on the Texas State roster. So when you look and you see what some of the you know TFL numbers are, and the sack number, I think it was one sack that he had this past season. Uh-huh. All of which is to say, double it, right? If he gets, you know, a full full run of things. So he was kind of a rotational piece for them. Right, exactly. Now, can he – you're looking at a guy at this point where it's like, hey, I like his measurables. Uh, here's a guy that maybe has some potential. I don't think you're looking at a guy that's going to come in and suddenly be Tommy Harris, right? It's – but again, he'd probably be a rotational piece here. Exactly. And maybe a little bit more skill than some of the guys that are in the portal. I, it, it, the handful. And Cedric Roberts, by the way, was a dude that was at Oklahoma and went to Texas State. So, GJ Kinney, you owe us a player. So, this <laughs> would only right. work out. One for one. This would only work out fairly on that front. Um, has uh, This is from the 918. Has Gundy taken OSU back to the bad times? Oh, I don't think we need to. Start digging that too deep of a hole. Oh, I don't know. For the 405, this is, good. This is a fair question. In the transfer portal that OU, uh, with the transfer portal misses, I'll fix it for you, bro, that OU has had at receiver, are we going to see a change at the wide receiver coach position? Well, Brent Venables already said recently that there's not been a finalized decision made there yet. The evaluation is ongoing. Right, exactly. I don't I don't know, nor do I think we're going to know uh, anytime soon what that might look like. I don't think they're in any rush right now. I know I'd heard there were some people that had talked about the possibility of, like, Malcolm Kelly, but everything I hear about Malcolm Kelly, he's pretty happy at TCU. Well, he's – Playing for a national, coaching for a national championship now. But I mean, you always add he's not, he's not one of Sonny Dyke's guys, right? He he came over, and inherited Malcolm Kelly. But I mean, to me, I say give LD a shot. He's done a. I, I know that you look at the misses on the recruiting trail uh, at the receiver position in the portal. Right, we we went through that list earlier. Right, and Dante Cephas still hasn't made up his mind, but it looks like he's on his way to Pitt. But in guys like Dorian Singer, who's going to USC, Ra-Ra Thomas, who's on his way to Georgia, Trey Harris to Ole Miss, uh, Xavier Raphael, the Idaho State kid who's going to uh, Arizona State, which would lead you to believe that, I don't know, maybe as they started going a little bit more in-depth with Raphael, it's like, uh, 
maybe go a different direction here. Or or maybe Arizona State just made him priority number one and they were all over him. I don't know. Um, I'm not saying that just because OU offers, you drop everything. and It's like Oklahoma. But when you take Arizona State, it's kind of like, well. Yeah, those are not lateral. Yeah, that's one is uh, not equal to the other. Maybe it's a little closer to home for him. I'm not going to pretend to know everything about his background. Well, I, but I think you might have nailed it. It's you know leading role versus not guaranteed. But yeah, I, I I haven't really honestly thought too much about a change at that position yet. Uh, on Sark, guys, I wasn't outraged, but you saw his true colors, and honestly, I'm glad. I'm glad that it happened because he actually seemed likable. Agreed, no doubt. <laughs> That's actually a pretty good way to put it. I feel the same way. Uh, like, is it a fireable offense? No, but no. I'm sure as heck happy that's not the Oklahoma head football coach doing that. Uh, from the 405. Let OU and Texas stay in the Big 12 so the other eight teams can take a TV revenue loss for two years to pay the incoming schools. And by the way, we'll take their 2024 playoff spot. Well, that's, you know, it's kind of funny. Because this TCU run, the question around it is, is it sustainable? But when you start thinking, Josh, about the opportunities that are ahead of both Oklahoma and Texas, if I'm anyone in that group, I'm trying to get them out of here ASAP. Because, sure, OU was 6-6 six and six this year, but see where they are recruiting-wise? It's not going away. Sure, Texas has been struggling, but they're still going to have the best players. So I want to get them out of there so – a TCU has a chance again, a Baylor, an Oklahoma State, an Iowa State, a Cincinnati, whomever has a chance to make a the playoffs. UCF. Uh, this is from Sean, by the way, on that subject. People are way overestimating the staying power of TCU. They'll have a big step back in 23. I agree. I, I You're losing your starting quarterback. You're losing your starting running back. You're losing your starting wide receiver. You're losing one of your best defensive players. You know, that's there's not five stars waiting to replace them. So it's going to be it's going to be tough, I think, for TCU to do anything like this again next year. It's going to rain. All right, quick break. 1137. More text. A little Todd Blackledge coming up right here on the ref. Bringing you the physical, relentless, suffocating coverage of the Sooners you deserve. This is the ref, the home of Sooner fans. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. Before. Before I get to this, Todd, we're, not, we're never going to get this today, are we? No. I, want, I wanted to read this just quickly. It's good, though, dude. It's good. I'm sorry. It's good. We never intended to. That's that's the, the joke, and, and it's people. A, it's, a good, it's a good interview, man. What do you guys talk about? Everything. College football, Sean McDonough, everything. It's me and Andy Staples. Come on. You couldn't ask for two better dudes to talk to Todd Blackledge, unless Todd was joining us live. But here's what Ari, Wasser, Ari Wasserman wrote about Oklahoma's recruiting class and kind of his take on what Oklahoma did. That makes sense? Oklahoma's recruiting class take on what they did? Just Yeah, who they signed and what they've done. The first-year head coach who blew me away the most is Brent Venables. He came to Oklahoma as a first-time head coach, replaced Lincoln Riley, who bolted to USC after turning Oklahoma into a consistent playoff team. And what did Venables do? He signed a class that is currently ranked number five nationally, and that's better than any class during Riley's tenure with the Sooners. Eight top 100 players? Yep. A five-star quarterback? Yep. Winning a huge signing day battle for five-star Peyton Bowen of Denton, Texas Geyer? Yep. 
And this class has some versatility. It's not just flashy skill players like a certain class in Southern California. Though I never saw eye-to-eye with Venable's no-visit policy, there is absolutely no question that he knocked it out of the park in his first recruiting cycle. That's how you build a program back up. Bravo. You know what? Props to him, right? Because there's a lot of folks that would have dunked all over Venables and the no-visit thing. He addressed, you know what? I was not a fan of the no-visit policy, but I will be the first to eat crow and say incredible recruiting class, incredible signing class. So bravo to Ari Wasserman for being fair and balanced to a certain degree. I I wonder if when we look back on things in a couple of years from now, and obviously this is going to continue, I wonder who the kind of no-visit policy in the end, if anyone, did it truly cost Oklahoma that – the receiver that was committed to Georgia and then committed to Oklahoma and what ended up committing back and signing with Georgia, what Anthony Evans is that? Oh yeah, the linebacker Colton Vasek, who we all kind of thought was going to end up at Texas anyway, right? I mean, did did it really in the end? Was there someone that's like, I really want to go there? I really, and they're like, No, no, you're if you're going, you're. I mean, I don't know, but it just. It seems as if that was one of those and has been one of those things that everyone kind of loses their minds about that ends up not being that big of a deal. Hey, you're committed, you're committed. Dynamite Dan has arguably one of the lengthiest texts that has ever been sent to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Dynamite is wordy. I think it's pretty evident two years from now OU is going to be where they need to be, guys. One more elite class and keep the talent together on campus and look out. Can I jump in there real quick? That's the challenge, right? The challenge is keeping it on campus to where you say, hey, X, X, Y, Z player, you're not going to play this year, but you're in our plans for the next season. You know, what is that challenge is tough to overcome in making sure that these dudes know that they're going to have playing time but also not allowing them to get lured away with the opportunity of immediate playing time somewhere else. Okay, anyway. Coach Venables has a proven track record of being in programs with elite development. There is zero reason to think that is not going to happen here. I also think that if Lincoln doesn't have an elite class this year, he's in some trouble out West. With the backbone of that class being elite defensive talent, Monday was another reminder of how much better they must get defensively. I also want to be clear. I'm not infatuated with USC and what USC does, but barring the circumstances of Lincoln's departure from OU, the success of both programs is going to be prepared. I hope Lincoln and USC have plenty of success, but fall short on the big stage against the Sooners. Dan, Dan, it's a really good text message. There are many people who do not agree with you. (laughs) They're frustrated about six and seven. They're not they're not going to be in a situation where they accept time. Hey, you won 10 games. It's a 10 game winner. What are we doing? But I tend to I tend to kind of fall on your side of the ledger of the ledger, if you will. I have a lot of confidence in what's going to happen with BV and the players coming in. I wonder what Todd Blacklich thinks about it. <laughs> we may find out today. <laughs> <laughs> recruiting doesn't stop once they sign and get on campus anymore. It's crazy. That's from Tanner off the super secret textosa right a line. You're right. You're absolutely right. You're not once you sign, you're oh good, they're here. 
No, you got to keep them happy, right? <laughs> Even when they're not playing. And you have to evaluate quicker as a coaching staff. It used to be that you, you get somebody signed up, and as a true freshman, it was sort of understood on campus, develop, weight train, nutritional staff, all of that, right? Seasoning. Second year, maybe. Third year, okay, yeah, definitely. Right. But now it's – if they're better than somebody that's out there, mm-hmm. you better put them out there or else they're gone. Brian with a Y in Tulsa asks, what's going on at OSU? How many guys are they going to lose? Well, we're up to four today. We're up to four today, including Bryson Green, who – if Bryson Green ends up at OU, is Doug Gottlieb going to be okay? Do we need to do a wellness check on Doug? Is he going to make him turn in his O jacket whenever he leaves <laughs> campus? Was that the dumbest thing you've ever seen in your life? It's a BS move, and he could stop by and hand me the O jacket. <laughs> uh, all right, quick break. When we come back, we'll put a wrap on this edition of The Plank Show. Bringing you the physical, relentless, suffocating coverage of the Sooners you deserve. This is The Ref, the home of Sooner fans. So in honor of y'all being so good on the text line, we'll get Todd on tomorrow. How's that? Tomorrow, it's kind of timeless. Also, give us a segment to kick our legs up. How did you uh, feel about the portal list I sent out? I I love that. That's awesome. I'm sure someone will complain about it. The font's too small. (laughs) What's wrong with you? That sounds like a plank complaint. That does actually sound like one of my complaints. All right, so I wanted to hit this text because I think it's pretty good. Uh, Jordan Evans, by the way, is sitting in with Steelman. How about that? It's pretty cool. I, I hear him in the hall, so he's coming up next. Steelman's already got all of his stuff in here. He's ready to go. We are hustling in and out. We are doing a costume change of epic and speedy proportions. Um, this is really good. From the 580 to put a wrap on kind of our roster conversations, which we'll continue here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Why is everyone getting a receiver out of the portal? Let me rephrase that. Why is everyone wanting to get a receiver out of the portal? We heard nothing but good things about Anderson and Gibson, Farouk Stoops, Freeman, and possibly Mims, Petaway, and a few others coming in. Seems like we have plenty of talent at that position. And don't forget Hester and L.V. Bunkley Shelton from last year as well. J.J. Hester, the kid from Missouri, L.V. Bunkley Shelton from UNLV. Um, probably just experience, right? Get an experienced guy that you like. And if you look at it, you know, if you if you consider those offers that we know of, guys that shared it, mm-hmm. receiver appeared to be the position in which they were the most aggressive in the portal and in those conversations, right? And Dante Cephas is a guy that I don't think he's made a decision yet, but they've everyone's kind of crystal balled him to to Pitt right now, even though Penn State was the early leader in the clubhouse. At the very least, we can safely say this, Plank. Wide receiver was the most publicized right. pursuit for Oklahoma, right? And probably that's because wide receivers, certain kind of breed. I also think it's an it's kind of an indication of who is and who isn't coming back. I think it's a pretty good indicator that, you know, we're probably not going to see Marvin Mims in a Sooner uniform again. Yeah, and at the very least, the staff was saying to themselves, we better buckle up for that possibility because very realistic. Now, again, I'm not I'm not reporting that he's gone. I'm talking about my gut. Buckets? I made that. I don't nice. Know I'm just I'm trying to clean up in here because – Literally, we have our shortest break is the top of the hour. So we got to hustle in and out. And we've got 
someone in studio that's never been in studio before, so I'm trying to make things as smooth as I possibly yeah, make can. Make it presentable. Maybe I should have just gone and gone mobile for our last segment like I did yesterday. Still never got A lot of you people saw her yesterday. Got a lot of texts throughout the day. Oh, um, you did? Yeah. Yeah, I got a text from uh, Boss Lady. Casey saw it, too. So what was – what did we get any closure there? Did if we- she's there, I'm going to ask her. I'm pulling over, and I'm, I'm going to interview, and I'm going to talk to her. Please do, and we'll play it on the air tomorrow. Absolutely. But there was a lady who was standing on the corner of Alameda, and I always get confused, 24th, right? That's our – no, 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 12th. 12th, sorry. 12th year, 24th there. I'm pointing in directions, which none of you I can know. see right yeah. now. I can see the see, directions. See, 24th is right there. 12th is over there. <laughs> Indeed. Gosh. Someone, Somebody wanted us to get the Twitch channel, so there you go. Yeah. No, no. no we're not going on Twitch ever. We can't be on camera. I was joking with uh, I was I was joking with Pastor Mike yesterday, and it literally, he's like, I'd love to come by sometimes. And like, no, you don't want to see me when I'm on the air. I'm a crazy person. Hands are moving. Body parts are flailing. It's, it's an embarrassment. But there was a, a woman standing on the corner that said, uh, what loves here, and you know you would. So I'm like, well, is she homeless? I'm like, I I don't know because her jeans were all tore up. But isn't that kind of in style? So I I mean, her jeans look like half the jeans my 14 year old wears, and she had like a nice looking jacket. So I don't know if she was just trying to tell us that acceptance for orientations, perhaps. Maybe I don't know, or if love is here, or if she needed money. But she literally, while we were talking the whole time, we were talking. This woman had eye contact locked on me, and oh, I was like, "Oh man, that's uncomfortable." So I'm I'm looking right at her too, <laughs> as while, you're broadcasting while, this situation <laughs> while I'm talking about her. Little did to she know, hundreds of thousands of people across the planet, and literally, she's just like, "There, loves here." <laughs> like, I don't I don't know what that means. That's Back funny. to the receivers, though. I do think there's pretty good depth in that room. I will say, of all the things that still surprised me from the Cheez It Bowl, you saw Nick Anderson. Exciting, right? Looks like he's going to be fun. A little disappointed the only time I saw Jaden Gibson was, you know, on on special teams. Wish he would have got more of an opportunity. But that's what 2023 is for. Indeed. Hey, that's it for us, though. Wow, what a show. You're welcome. By the way, RIP Elephant Boy. We probably really? have. Really? Yes. Oh, man. Yes. A sugar shade from Newcastle pointed that out. Noted whack packer Elephant Boy passed away. A good run. He had a good run. I mean, as compared to many others. Not bad. I will see you guys back here tomorrow. Steelman and Jordan Evans next.